This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. With the sell-off in growth stocks still going on here in 2022, it's time to look at what the world's most famous value investor is doing. Yes, of course, that's Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. Now, I've already covered what happened at the annual meeting here in May of 2022, um, but there's now been another filing by Berkshire Hathaway, the 13F. We've covered these many times over the years on this podcast because it is the Value Investor Podcast, and we do want to know what Warren Buffett is doing. What is he buying? Uh, should we be buying the same things? What areas is he going into? All that kind of stuff. And if you recall, Buffett took a lot of heat in 2020 that was at the start of the pandemic for not deploying any money into the stock market when that big sell-off happened. So remember in March, 2020, when the pandemic hit in the United States, it had already been hitting in China, obviously before our shutdowns happened in the US and then in Europe as well. Um, the market was kind of holding up to some extent. It was in denial. It, it didn't think it would spread out of China. It was contained. I don't know what it was thinking. But then we got the big sell-off in March 2020 as the U.S. economy basically shut down, obviously. And then we only had like a three-week sell-off before it hit those lows and then bounced back. So it was the quickest bear market in history and basically one of the quickest rebounds. You did have some time there, a couple of weeks to get in at near the lows, but it it was pretty much, you know, already past the lows and on the rebound almost right away. So Buffett took a lot of heat, as I said, for not deploying any of his billions of dollars during that sell-off. And not only that, remember, he sold all of his airlines like immediately because he knew those were going to be losers, which they were, and took a big billion dollars, uh, several billion losses on selling all those airline stocks. But that was then. And this is now. And now we have another big sell off in the market, but it's taking a lot longer to get down here. It's not just the three week sell off. It's May 2022, and it's been going on for basically five months now. And you know what that means? That means there are some opportunities here, and Buffett finally is seeing them. So the fact that he is now choosing to deploy his own money, um, and I say that, you know, meaning his own and not the two lieutenants' money. Remember, he's given a certain chunk of change to the lieutenants and then they can buy whatever they please in their portion of the portfolio. But I believe for a while that they're basically hundred percent invested. That's why we see them trading in and out of certain positions because they're trying to raise cash to go in a different direction. But Buffett has all that cash actually sitting there in Berkshire Hathaway and he can deploy that at any time. And that's some of the money we're now seeing come into Berkshire's portfolio. And that's a change because for several years, he has basically said, I'm not seeing anything of interest to buy. And, um, you know, he's maybe made like a few small deals here or there, but he, he was sitting on 140 billion 
And that's that's a lot of firepower to deploy. So finally, he's doing it. And this should send a signal to all the rest of us value investors that maybe something has changed out there that he does now see that things are cheap and value maybe is back in favor. And so now he does want to be back in the game. So just a reminder, he hasn't really deployed this much cash in many years. And a lot of people are asking, like, why now? Why, why, why not in 2020? Why now? Well, a lot more stocks are cheap now versus 2020. Yeah, we had the big sudden three-week sell-off. A lot of things spiked down uh, big, but earnings also got hit. <laughs> you know, we had a we had a worldwide shutdown essentially. Earnings were hit. But now in 2022, uh, even with COVID still out there and shutdowns in China, earnings are holding up and still near record highs. And some companies are definitely seeing record earnings here in 2022. Some of those are the ones that Buffett is buying into. So not only are they cheap, but they have the earning story. Remember, Buffett buys the company, not the stock. So the 2020 sell-off was really the stock. That's what you were buying. But the 2022 sell-off and this market is about buying the company on the cheap, not necessarily the chart. Although many of these, the, the stock is down this year, making the, the stock even cheaper than it otherwise would be. Uh, that's a kind of a rare combination, chart down, but earnings up. Um, you don't see that very often. We're not even seeing it that often here in 2022, but, um, or you're seeing shares up a bit, but earnings up even more. So you're still getting that low PE. So remember value investors, we're contrarians. We go into the hated sectors. We're in the sectors. No one wants to go. And that's also why this market is very good for us, because there are a lot of those sectors out there right now, right, in 2022. But Berkshire isn't buying the ones you would think they might buy, right? Your instincts might say, oh, the hated sectors, that would be like the semiconductors or all of tech. That seems very hated right now. But it's not. Even with this decline, Tech is still beloved. Uh, you can be on any chat board and what are they talking about tech? You can be, um, you know, watch the inflows into ETFs and where's the inflows going into? It's still going into the triple Qs, it's still going into, you know, popular tech funds. It's still going into the ARC innovators, ARC K, still seeing inflows, not outflows this year in 2020 to even though Arc K is down 60% this year. So that is still the popular sectors. That's not the contrarian play this year. But there are true value stocks that still are dirt cheap, still are where the investors aren't really going into. And that is where you see Warren Buffett going in. And I encourage all value investors to buy actual value, not just the beaten down growth stocks. Eventually, there will be some value in those names as well. But right now, there actually is outsized value in many of the true, pure, as we call them, classic value stocks with the low PEs, but also rising earnings estimates. 
So what did Berkshire buy in Q1? We know a few things because he told us at the annual meeting, but uh, they actually added quite a few number of positions and uh, they deployed a lot of that cash. As we know, we already knew about his big Chevron purchase, but um, they also got rid of a few things that are also interesting moving forward. So I'm just going to run through a little bit of like what he did what what I like about what he did. And then, you know, maybe we'll talk about, you know, should you mimic some of what he's doing? Um, are these good stocks for you to buy? That kind of thing. And um, yes, I do think Warren Buffett is making some interesting moves here in 2022. This is like the untold story. Everybody focuses so much on Kathy Woods because she is releasing in real time her trades and, you know, she's buying more Tesla, more Coinbase, more Zoom, all of that. And because value still out of favor, Buffett will get some of these headlines initially and then no one really cares, right? Um, but we do, we, we care. So let's start off with talking about his energy trade because Berkshire Hathaway has also always had big energy positions. And now he's basically doubling down into it in the equity part of the portfolio because he sees what I see, record earnings, WTI over $100 for most of this year, natural gas also at decade highs. And that's a strong combination for all of the energy companies, and they are crushing it, as we know from the first quarter. And they will crush the second quarter, too. So why not dive in? Why not get the big dividend and these kinds of free cash flow? Warren Buffett always loves the free cash flow story. That's why he loves Apple. But you got to love it with the energy stocks as well. So his big trade was Chevron, ticker CVX. It's now his fourth largest position in the portfolio. It's 7% of the portfolio now. And just to recap, who's above it? Apple is still number one. It still was at 42% of the portfolio as of the end of the first quarter. And um, it was at 47.6% at the end of the fourth quarter. And that's when Apple was hitting those new all-time highs. Remember on like January 2nd or January 3rd, it hit a high. And I think that was the $3 trillion mark or some, some kind of crazy trillion dollar level. And that was the last we saw of that, right? It just just hit those highs right at the start of the year. But because he owns this huge position, it also was outsized in the portfolio. So that has come down a bit and is now just 42.1%. Bank of America has always been number two. It's now 11.3% of the portfolio. It was 13.6%. Uh, American Express is number three. It's now 7.67%. It was 749 So that stayed kind of the same. And now Chevron, which he already owned a position in, but it had only been 1.36% of the portfolio and now is at 7%. So remember, Chevron is still cheap, even though uh, year-to-date shares are up 42% and they're up 8.4% in the last month. So they're hot considering what the rest of the stock market is doing, but it's not you know, soaring or anything. And PEs at 10.2, dividend yield has come down a bit as these shares have rallied, and the yield is now 3.2. Remember, it used to be like 5.5. 
back in 2021 when we've talked about it, but now at 3.2%. Still attractive, but not quite as juicy as it used to be. So that's Chevron, CVX. It is big oil, so it has the service stations and the refining. So there's many different parts of its business, which distinguishes it from some of the pure play uh, you know, drillers and producers. The second energy stack that is more of a pure play is Occidental Petroleum. OXY, he had the warrants to that after he gave him a loan to beat out Chevron to buy the Anadarko Petroleum acquisition a couple of years ago. Remember, they got in a bid on over it. It wasn't that great because they did have to take on a lot of debt to get Anadarko, but Occidental won thanks to Warren Buffett. And so he owns those warrants and now he's dove in and is a big shareholder of Occidental now. It is now the sixth largest uh, position in the portfolio at 3.57% of the portfolio. So combining it with Chevron energy uh, oil essentially is now suddenly 10.57% or so. Um, so almost 11% of the entire portfolio now is in energy. So that is Buffett diving in there to get these dividends and this free cash flow. Cause why not? Why aren't you getting it? Um, Occidental is cheaper. PE is just 6.5. It does pay a dividend, but it's yielding just 0.8%. I don't know about specials, but, uh, on its regular dividend, it's 0.8%. Over the last month, these shares have done better. The pure play producers will be better performers as stocks. So one month up 16.5% and year to date up 127.4%. So you've done pretty well if you bothered to buy Occidental at the very end of 2021. But Buffett is still making a bet that this rally is not over, that it's still cheap. And again, we have WTI still above 100 here in the second quarter. Um, these companies all making very good earnings at anything over $65, really. So it could pull back quite a bit on the oil prices, and you would still be able to cover that dividend and uh, various other expenses and things for these energy companies. Now, Occidental also has a big chemical business, so it's not totally a pure play producer like some others either, but I feel Buffett already owned those warrants. They already probably saw the financials and, and know what the financials are. So when he was thinking, eh, I'm going to add some more energy, they already own Chevron as well. They already own those shares. So we'll just add to that position and then we'll buy into Occidental because I, I understand it. So, um, but there's many other players out there, many other, even smaller energy companies that have great balance sheets. I've covered them on the podcast before, you know what they are, and I'll probably be covering them soon again, um, in the next couple of weeks. They're all still cheap. Many of them are still Zach's number one strong buys because those earnings are still soaring and should be for sure in the second quarter again. And then we'll see. Okay, then he added a bank. So remember, he used to be in J.P. Morgan Chase, PNC Financial, a um, whole bunch of others. He got rid of those a couple of years ago and lightened up on his load because he does have the big Bank of America position and a few other financials and smaller banks. But this time he added Citigroup, ticker C. It's not my favorite, but he went into this one 
PE is 7.5. Dividend is nice, yielding 3.9% because it's one of the hated of the big banks. One year, these shares are down 32.5%. So he was seeing a buying opportunity. It's now the 15th largest position in the portfolio. So it's not a huge position by any means. But um, Citigroup, always big international exposure. So they've been closing down shop in some countries, and they do have some risk associated with that because they're big overseas. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, But these big banks all are a little different than getting into like a smaller bank where you know they're making their money off auto loans bank deposits, mortgages, you know, these basic things. So that's why I'm not as big a fan of these big banks, but he's getting Citigroup very cheap here. Again, ticker C, but on the banking news, he finally did sell off all of his Wells Fargo that he owned for like over 20 years. That ticker WFC, he was slowly selling it the last several quarters. So not surprising. He's finally completely out of Wells Fargo. WFC, again, is the ticker there. Okay, then um, moving on. So there were some other interesting smaller additions here. Um, They did go into some smaller caps, which you don't see happen very often, but every once in a while they do. And you... We have to know that these are the lieutenants, right? They, again, are probably mainly deploying most of their cash, but uh, they see some opportunities out there. So they get into some of these smaller companies with, uh, you know, whatever remaining cash that they have, (laughs) basically. So the first one is Paramount, P-A-R-A. You don't see too much of this kind of company in the Berkshire portfolio, and uh, they're cheap. Uh, PE of just 11.9. Year to date, these shares are actually up 5.8%, but over the last year, they're down 23%. This is like the streaming service and the movie studio and all of that. I get Paramount Plus. Do, do any of you get it? Um, it's actually a really good streaming service and they do have a deep catalog. So they have a show on there called The Offer which is about the making of the Godfather films. I really recommend it. It's uh, a weekly series. They're an hour long. There's 10 episodes. I think they're on, they're going to have episode seven shortly. And then you really want to watch the Godfather films with which Paramount made. That's the whole point of the offer is that it was all about what was happening at Paramount and with the producers and everything and how they got the films made. And um, so then you can go watch the remastered versions of both of the Godfather films right there. I also just watched Top Gun. That was a Paramount film, apparently. And that's available to stream on there as well. Uh, But it has various other television shows, as many of you know, and um, some of this new original content, plus its movie catalog. So I do recommend it, which is maybe why uh, Berkshire Hathaway is getting into it because it does uh, have a loyal streaming followers now, but earnings expected to decline this year, 23.6% from last year. So that's why the shares are down big. But again, they're pretty cheap, 11.9 times, and dividend is yielding 3%. So that's Paramount, P-A-R-A. They also announced they were in HPQ, Um, HP Inc. is the name of the company. That is the printers, the PCs, mobile devices. I just bought an HP computer too, speaking of which. Um, And that was my first HP computer 
purchase. I've ditched off of Dell suddenly and I'm trying HP. So there's got to be other people like me out there. And this one's cheap, PE of 8.1, dividend yielding 2.9%. We've talked about it on the show before. It showed up in some of my screens. Year to date, the shares are down 5.7%. So they haven't really done that much this year. Um, but you know that says something if they're, they're only down 57 but the shares are very choppy. If you go look at that chart, it's it's just really hard to to want to look at it <laughs> because the shares really don't go anywhere. But as we said, value investors buy the things that are out of favor. HPQ is one of those things. And again, it's cheap with that dividend. So uh, yeah, Buffett is getting into this one. Then we're going to switch over to uh, materials and they bought some Selenese. So this is a chemical company, specialty chemicals. They are the largest producer in the world of acetyl products. CE is the ticker, Selenese CE. And this is a small little position. They're cheap too. No surprise. PE of 8.2, dividend of 1.8%. Um, I didn't write down what they've done this year. I would have to go look, but a lot of the chemical companies doing pretty well here in 2022, depending on what type of chemical that they're in and whether or not they can get it for one, there's been some force majeure on some project products out there and, um, a lot of supply chain issues with some of these chemical companies, but they did dive into this one in the first quarter. Then we're going to stay on, um, we're going to switch back over to financials. They got into Alley Financial, ticker A-L-L-Y. We've talked about it too on the podcast because they're cheap. Remember, they're the digital finance company. You can get a home loan, an auto loan, set up a bank account, like right there online. And they are trading with a PE of just five. These shares are down 16% year to date and pays a dividend yielding 3.1%. So it's pretty cheap. And, you know, Berkshire Hathaway, they're seeing some opportunity there with the PE of five. How much more risk is there? I don't know. We'll see. But that's pretty cheap, especially with that nice yield. And then they bought like an interesting uh, big cap company called Markle. Markle Corp. MKL is the ticker. And if you haven't heard of this, that's because the shares trade at $1,300 a share. That's why most of us don't know what they are, right? So Markle has insurance, investments, and a segment called Markle Ventures, which owns various companies. So what does that sound like to you? Wait a minute. It's a, like a mini Berkshire Hathaway. <laughs> so their insurance side doing very well. Buffett loves insurance. Not surprised that someone's getting into this. Uh, their investment side didn't do so well so far in the first quarter. They did have losses in the quarter because of what's happening in the stock market and also on the bond market side. So that wasn't good for the first quarter, but you're buying each of the different venture, you know, different segments here. So hopefully two out of the three are doing well when one isn't and all of that stuff. Year-to-date, these shares are up 8.4%. Uh, two years, they're up 53.8%. So that's a nice little return on the two years. And PE, though, not that cheap really here at 18.4 and no dividend for this one. So this is a real small position. It's just 33 
it's in the 33rd position in the portfolio. It's just 0.17% of Berkshire's portfolio. So it's not really going to move the needle at all. But someone decided, hey, this is cheap enough and we can make some money. So we're going to deploy a little bit of cash here. They also added to some older positions. So they've owned General Motors since the first quarter of 2012. But he's been selling off a lot of that position. And many of us thought he was going to exit it completely, kind of like he did with Wells Fargo. But no, because he added uh, added about 3% to this position in uh, the first quarter of this year. Because General Motors shares are cheap, they're trading at just 5.1 times forward, that's forward earnings, and year-to-date now down 40%. So why not buy a little bit more of that one, right? You're either going to get out altogether or you're going to dollar cost average on that one. There's no dividend on GM. Um, He also added again to RH, and he's owned this for a couple of years now, and this was, I believe, one of the lieutenants. I don't think Buffett bought this one, even though he does like furniture, (laughs) Um, I think this was Lieutenant. It's still cheap. It's trading at 9.3 times, but year-to-date shares are down 52% now. Remember, this is first quarter, and the shares are down further since the first quarter. Now, I did get this wrong because when they originally bought it, I think it was about 5% position that they owned in RH, not in their own portfolio, but they own the company. And then they owned 8% the last I saw. And um, I said, oh, they're not going to want to go above 10% because there's regulatory filings once you're a 10% owner. So if they buy again, if you're over 10%, you do have to file that F4. And uh, now RH, you know, they may have to file those, but we'll see going forward. But it does talk of the bullishness that, Berkshire feels or someone there does with the shares down 52% now and fairly cheap, they are adding to that position. In full disclosure, I own RH in my own personal portfolio and I have for numerous years now, I want to say about six years, um, I'm not adding, but now I'm thinking maybe I should be if Berkshire is adding. Um, A couple other positions they sold out of, Bristol-Myers Squid. BMY and ABV, which I also do own in my own personal portfolio, ABBV is the ticker there. They've been selling ABV for several quarters, so not surprising they got out of that. But I do think some of these are the lieutenants, and they needed some extra cash to buy these other positions. So they're like, eh, I'm over this, and we're going to sell out of ABV to get some cash and rotate into other things. That's just my take. We don't know this for sure, but that's my take. Um, so there's a lot going on. What does that mean? That means value is back. They're not dumb. Obviously they are deploying their cash and getting into some of these cheap stocks. Nearly all of these stocks were pretty cheap, um, you know, with some many single digit PEs. So keep that in mind. I like a lot of these areas that they're going into, especially as you know, energy and the banks, So I'm a big fan of getting into those areas, but I'm also just a big fan of these classic value stocks, including like General Motors at five times. At some point, they sell off enough where they're so cheap 
that a lot of the risk is gone. So um, it's fun watching what Berkshire Hathaway is doing this year, and we'll see what develops in the second quarter here. So let me recap the stock tickers again. We had Chevron, ticker CVX, Occidental Petroleum, OXY, Citigroup, which is just C, Paramount, P-A-R-A, HP Inc., which is HPQ, Selenese, ticker CE, Merkel, M-K-L, Merkel, Merkle, Markle, Markle, ticker M-K-L, Alley Financial, A-L-L-Y, R-H is R-H, G-M is G-M. And as always, you want to be sure to subscribe so you get all of our podcasts because so much is going on in value right now that we can't even keep up with everything. So be sure to get us somewhere. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. And we're with the Zach's Market Edge on SoundCloud, but we're on a lot of uh, podcast platforms. So get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.